Hey everyone, Jonathan McKinnis here with the Purpose and Performance Podcast, where we're going to talk about topics that will motivate and inspire and help you tap into your purpose and improve your performance in life and in business. Thank you for listening. Hey everybody, Jonathan McKinnis here with the Purpose and Performance Podcast, and we are recording another episode of our fall season of 2019. And I have an awesome friend of mine, a uh, fellow community servant, a pastor, a leader, and uh, just a, a man that I highly respect, uh, Pastor Kenneth Lee. He is the senior pastor of Kingdom Christian Center in South Bend. He's actually, his church is right down the street from the church that um, I minister at. And we uh, are great partners in this harvest, uh, partners um, in our community, just trying to serve the community together. But he also has another job. He's the outreach coordinator uh, of the SAVE um, outreach team. And uh, that SAVE acronym stands for Stand Against Violence Every Day. Uh, Ball State grad of 1998. And uh, he just has a, a, just a wealth of knowledge on what it means to be a servant. And so uh, this season uh, of the podcast, I'm really trying to focus on just a one word topic that we can really delve into and just starting kind of elaborate on. And so uh, today I really want to focus a lot on what serving means to Pastor Lee. And uh, let's just kind of go from there. But before we get into that, uh, number one, I want to thank you for being with me. Thank you, my brother. This is my brother from another mother. And That's I right. <laughs> appreciate you and your brother and um, your ministry and your church. So I'm, I'm excited to be here tonight. Man, I appreciate you just sharing your heart with me and those that are listening. There's going to be a lot of people that will be listening that may not uh, know much about you. So the first thing I want to do is just have you sort of introduce yourself, let uh, everybody that's listening know uh, kind of what your story is, what got you to the place uh, where you're at uh, right now. Well, um, I'm senior pastor of the Kingdom Christian Center. Uh, I will be on Sunday actually celebrating 18 years, Man. 18 years of pastoring. I started pastoring 25 years ago, right after 9-11. Wow. Well, not 18 years ago, at the age of 25, right after 9-11. And um, God has just been an amazing, um, just been amazing to me and leading and guiding my life. Um, I'm born and raised here in South Bend, went to Marquette Dickinson and graduated from LaSalle. Uh, I was a product of Charles Martin. Uh, for those of you in the community that knows, Charles Martin was a great uh, social servant uh, to our community. And he actually helped me get into Ball State while he was dying. On his deathbed, he was working on getting me into school. And um, and I went to graduate from LaSalle in 94, went to Ball State in 1994, and God just began to deal with my heart and uh, just began to open up doors for me. Uh, because of my past and having um, experience with television and radio, when I got to Ball State, uh, I don't know if I want to say it like this, but uh, the host of the TV show that uh, um, was... Um, a young lady, she got very sick. She had a sickness and ailment that came upon her, and they needed a host. And because I had experience, although I was a freshman, I was able to step in uh, the reins and and host the show and continue to, to build the show and be able to show what I was able to do. And it opened up doors for me to do television all four years of Ball State. Uh, gave me the opportunity to um, 
do radio. I started out with two hours of gospel music, first ever gospel radio program at Ball State, and it eventually led to being on for four hours every Sunday morning. And so God just continued to do amazing things. I think when we yield our heart to his will and begin to say, not my will, but your will for my life, then God is able to order your steps and he knows what's best for you better than you do. That's right. That's right. Amen. So that led you to uh, really, I mean, so you were kind of in this thrown into a leadership position and just an influential position, even while you were in college and you just, even before that, like you were saying in high school, and then you just continued to flow as a community servant. And um, I mean, I know you're a father, you're a husband, and you're just an all around uh, leader in many aspects of your life. And so um, that led you to eventually, uh, obviously becoming a pastor. And so as a pastor, I know um, when it comes to being a pastor, you are somebody that leads, but you, as a pastor, you're serving the people that you're leading. And so that's why I felt like really talking about serving. And there's a lot, I mean, every, most people listening are not pastors. You know, most people listening uh, may just be a, somebody who attends a church or just, you know, they're at their job right now, or they're a young person that might be in college. And um, this topic resonates with everybody. And so let's get into uh, being a servant and what that means to you. And then we'll kind of go from there. So what does that mean to you? Well, I found out and, and my parents, they taught me the value of giving of yourself to other people. We would have to shovel snow, cut grass and not get paid for it yeah. or our other um, elderly people in our neighborhood. So my parents instilled in us a great work ethic of, of doing what's right because it needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what has helped me as a pastor. You know, a lot of times, you know, people, um, they stereotype pastors and think that we just dictate and don't mm-hmm. do any work. Right. But I would never ask people to do something that I'm not willing to do. So right. I'll cut grass at the church. I'll clean bathrooms. I'll run the vacuum. Mm-hmm. I'll do whatever it has has to be done because I would never ask people to do something that I'm mm-hmm. not willing to do that's myself. Good. I also learned, too, that... In this day and time, we have a lot of people who are concerned with titles, mm-hmm. uh, bishop or apostle or, mm-hmm. or pastor or evangelist or minister. But I found out, and I teach my church this, that the greatest uh, title you could ever have is servant. Because when it's all said and done, he's not going to say, well done, my good and faithful bishop, my good and faithful pastor, my good and faithful mm-hmm. minister. He's going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Mm. You've been faithful over a few things. Now enter ye into the joy of the Lord. And that's what I want to hear the Lord say. He doesn't even have to call my name. That's right. I just want him to have, I want him to be able to hear him say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Man, and you know, that that even relates to uh, some people that are, that are listening um, you're just in, in the business realm. You're, you're working at a job. You're, you're working for somebody. And a lot of times there's people that are in, in a capacity with a business and they're looking for that next title. Mm-hmm. And that really resonates with me because if you're just searching for a title or a position and you've never really um, uh, led the way you need to lead, then you're, uh, all you are, you are in, t- in name only, are you a true leader? Um, but it comes through, like you said, being willing to do what you want others to do, having a pattern of serving, having a pattern of sacrifice. I think that's important. 
and realizing that your title does not make you necessarily that person. So if you're looking for that next step in your life and you think that it's going to be through just saying I'm the manager or I am, you know, um, X, Y, Z in this company, that is not where it is. You can get there through just you doing what you know to do in whatever position that you're in. I think that makes a big difference. I think so. I think that when people come with a heart to serve, we, we live in a day and time where most people want to be served yeah. and don't want to serve. And so if you have a heart to serve, then you will be passionate about whatever you're doing. Whatever the career may be, you'll be able to say, I'm, I'm giving my my best. I'm giving a hundred percent. And at the end of the day, I really want someone to be able to say I was helped. Right. And so that's that has been the whole focus of what Kingdom Christian Center, and then eventually um, the work that I do with the Save Outreach Team. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to just. I, first of all, I wanted to have the type of church that I wish I would have had growing up. Mm-hmm. And then I also wanted to be the type of pastor that I wish I would have had yeah. growing up. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's just someone who takes a moment, takes time, and actually loves people genuinely. Yeah. So uh, I'm getting off on a little bit of a tangent, but you mentioned the Save uh, Outreach team. Can you kind of elaborate on kind of how you serve through that uh, dynamic in the community? In 2017, uh, we had over 103 shootings in South Bend. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that time, uh, the group violence intervention program had been started. It had been running for a few years. Can you explain, just because there's some people that they probably have no idea what that means. So what's the group violence intervention? There is a group of, of community stakeholders who convene um, every other month uh, to talk about the issues that are going on in our city regarding gun violence. Mm-hmm. Um, Mayor Pete Buttigieg and, and Chief Teachman along with um, along with uh, some of the people from the community foundation, they were looking for a way to address the, 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 the violence in the city. And so they found the book by David Kennedy called Don't Shoot. Mm-hmm. And they went to a, a workshop and they took stakeholders from the community there uh, to New York to John Jay College and heard the presentation and thought it was a strategy that could actually work in South Bend. Mm-hmm. And so it is a collaboration between law enforcement, social services, and the community. And we work together to uh, combat violence in the city um, and, 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 and express to those who are involved in gang and gun activity mm-hmm. that there's a better way. So with social services, we're able to help them with getting them a job, getting the training, the resume writing, the soft skills. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Goodwill will actually have a paid uh, training program that they can participate in. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we get an individual in. They do eight days of class. By the end of the eight days, they feel like they can knock down doors and yeah. and achieve um, their goals. They work. We evaluate them for four to six weeks. And then... If they if they punch in and do what they're supposed to do, mm-hmm. we help them find better paying jobs. And it's it's a it's a program, it's a training program that pays them every week. Yep. So they get some money in their pocket while they're being trained. And then if they do well, they can get a, a better paying job. And we have a employment specialist that will help them. Wow. And so that whole time you're this is through that save program as yes. well. But then you're also connected 
through uh, some of the schools as well? Is that kind of a, a part of the program? Like, can, is there more aspects to it or no? As we began to look at the data of, of what's happening in our city, mm-hmm. we found out that the majority of shooters are from the ages of 14 to 17 mm. in our wow, city. man. And so uh, took a proactive approach to go and connect with the school corporation. Mm-hmm. And they gave us the ability to go into all of the high schools and some of the middle schools and even some of the elementary schools. And I believe that you have to be proactive instead of reactive. Yes. And so we went into the schools and basically to develop relationships with the students and to inspire them not to be involved in gang and gang activities. But we did it by engaging them with with games at lunchtime and um, Jenga, Connect Four, Uno, all of those things at lunchtime. First time we went, we didn't take anything. Um, Nobody came to our table. So the (laughs) next day I went to the store and I got all hood candy. And some of you may not know what hood candy is. (laughs) Explain. (laughs) Hood candy is the sour stuff, the sweet stuff, the Laffy Taffies, (laughs) all of those fire bombs, all of those things that kids in the hood like. (laughs) And after that, we can't get them away from our table. And so it was a way to, to introduce ourselves. And what we found out is that a lot of these kids are struggling. They have some issues and problems. Yeah. Homes may not be what they should be. Mm-hmm. And so they just need an escape or need people to talk to. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we provide. We just, we're just just there to love on them, yep. encourage them, and it's just been phenomenal. Yeah. We started a, uh, a pilot program where we, challenged, we went to Coquillet School. The principal there is a believer, mm-hmm. and she begged us to come there. And so we went, and I told her, give us your worst kids at the school. Yeah, And I wanted to see if... First of all, a godly interaction with somebody and a positive interaction with somebody, Mm -hmm. um, if that would make a difference in their lives. And we saw some of those kids who were failing go from failing to honor roll because we spent time with them. We talked to them. Mm -hmm. We explained to them how to do better in school, and and they did. They, they, They really improved. And it's it's really, uh, it's, I mean, one of my takeaways from just kind of that little discourse there is that when you're serving somebody, uh, it has to be genuine. Mm-hmm. You know, there's got to be something within you that you are connecting in a way that's not superficial. Mm-hmm. And what you've done uh, with these young people and just, can, and I see this all the time. I mean, you're all over the, the place, all over the, the city, just serving at these schools and it, it, there's it's, it's a deeper purpose. Mm-hmm. I think when you have a, a deeper why or a deeper purpose for what you're doing, mm-hmm. it makes serving much easier. And so I think what, one thing that I would say to people that are maybe going to their jobs, I mean, you've heard the buzzword of being a servant leader. And John Maxwell and others talk about servant leadership and you know how you a good leader should be. And uh, the way that a leader or anybody within a community that's really wanting to make a difference, um, how they can do that is I think remembering what your purpose is. Mm -hmm. Because when you have purpose, whether you are like me um, in my secular um, job, if I'm a mortgage consultant, or if you're a business owner, or if you're somebody that works at a bank or you're a construction worker, when you're going about your day, you need to remember what is that your why, you know, what is your purpose? Because when you've got a purpose, you're, you're doing something greater than just digging a, a trench if that's what you do or, 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 or writing a mortgage. I mean, there's more to it than that. Who are you serving? Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the things that we say within our company 
or even within my team at the company is that we serve families. Mm -hmm. We don't just write mortgages, we're serving a family. Mm -hmm. And I know that when I do that and I have that mentality, it's much easier for me to uh, go about my day in the stress and the pressure of that day because I know that what I'm doing is actually helping a family. And I think that makes a difference. And so for you, you go into the schools. I know that you have probably bad days and good days and you have stressful situations, but I mean, how, how, how does it keep you motivated? I mean, what goes through your mind when you're just going about your, your day, when you feel like maybe you're a little bit down on things? Well, this is the thing. Some people have sympathy, mm -hmm. which if you would envision that as someone in a hole, someone being at the top looking down saying, hey, I'm sorry that you're going through this, but... Can we hurry up and get through this? Mm -hmm. But someone who has empathy is that person that gets in the hole with you yeah. and say, I understand what you've been through. Mm, that's good. You know, I lost my sister to, to violence in 2004. Mm. She was murdered by her boyfriend wow. while she was getting off of work, working a double shift at Cardinal Nursing Home. And so I know the feeling of getting a call from the police or the mm. hospital saying, get to the hospital and waiting in the waiting room and then the doctors coming out and giving you bad news about your loved one. Wow. So I never thought that that would work for my good, but it made me have empathy for people. Yeah. And it made me very effective at being there at the hospital when people are, are victims of shootings. It's made me very um, empathetic when I'm at funerals. I was just at the funeral on Monday for a young 16-year-old boy that got killed mm -hmm. from Riley High School. Yeah. And for two hours... I heard the most gut-wrenching cry yeah. from his mother. Mm, can't imagine. And normally I can do funerals and it doesn't affect me, but that brought tears to my eyes. Yeah. You know, it's brought tears to my eyes being there to seeing a father close the casket for, on his son yeah. or his daughter mm -hmm. or seeing a family uh, not have a pastor yeah. and have to come up with five, $6,000 within a week to bury their loved one. So it's made me very much empathetic. Now, yeah. the work that I do in the schools, mm -hmm. it's, it's therapeutic for me because I get to see kids alive and vibrant and smiling yeah. and we get a chance to joke with them. Right. And so I actually love doing that aspect of our work yeah. because I, I believe in celebrating people while they're alive. Yes, um, We were able to bring a ball um, touch of Charles Martin touch of class ball to middle school students. Mm -hmm. um, they had to sign up for 21st century scholars, which is a program that pays for them to go to college. Yeah. They had to not get in trouble, not no suspensions and all of that. The ticket price started at $10, but as they did these different criterias, it brought it down. We had mm -hmm. 550 middle school students from all over South Bend dressed Man. like they were at the prom. Yeah. Um, and we had an amazing, uh, amazing evening with the kids having fun. Yeah. And 250 of those kids had done all the criteria and they got to come for free. Wow. wow. And so to see kids celebrating and having a good time and there was no incidents uh, of violence or, or disruptions or anything, it was a great feeling. And that's, and, amazing. And, and that's what it's all about. That's amazing. So no, I, I uh, just to kind of break down what Pastor Lee said is is really being empathetic, being willing to get in with people, come alongside them, and realize that uh, you know this life is short, mm -hmm. and I think that's what drives you, and that's what drives me. You know, is is making sure that we realize this life is short, even though you're going through problems and you've got pressure. 
um, as a person. Um, you know, sometimes our pressure is not so bad when you start considering uh, the things that other people are going through. So it helps you serve people even better because you realize, it, it, you know, uh, it could be a lot worse. And, and you know, that's another thing too, is um, when you are, when you have that mentality of, of serving others, it does minimize your own kind of selfish mm-hmm. thoughts, you know, and that's how it is for me, you know, not always. I mean, sometimes I think we all, you know, kind of have that selfish side to us where we want to be pampered ourselves. Or we want ourselves to be taken care of. Like you said, we all want to be served in a certain extent, but but doesn't that help when you focus on serving others and it doesn't just sort of diminish maybe your own stresses and your own problems in your own life? It, it does. You know, I, um, I, there's a young, young boy who we met through Coquiller who um, he, was, he was acting out because situation calls for them, called for them to be moved out of their home quickly. They moved into their apartment and um, had to leave everything because it was a violent situation. Mm-hmm. He was acting out because he was sleeping on the floor. Right. And, and, and there was rodents that were in yeah. the place. And so how can a kid sleep and then could get up and come to school and perform. Mm. So when I heard about it, we immediately began to respond because um, no child needs to go through that. So we started yeah. with air mattresses. I was out preaching somewhere and and told the congregation that I that I was looking to buy beds for these kids. And a guy church they responded and said, "We will buy yep. the family beds and mattresses." Yep. And they did. And it was a tremendous difference for this family, man. And and I just thank God that I, He surrounds me with some wonderful people. Mm-hmm. And and again, and the reason why I do this is because the Bible says there's going to come a day when He He's going to say, "When I was sick, you didn't come and see about me. Yeah. When I was in jail, you didn't come and see about me. Um, when I was naked, you didn't clothe me." And they're going to say, Lord, when did all of this happen? And that really was a scripture that kind of yeah. started dealing with me. Mm-hmm. And he said, inasmuch as you've done unto the least of these, mm-hmm. you've done it unto me. Man, so true. it made me really believe I want to make sure that as a representative of God's kingdom, mm-hmm. that I serve everybody, smallest to the largest, to the oldest. I want to serve them with, with excellence as yeah. I'm doing it unto God. You know, what's, what's powerful is that, and I've heard this quote before, is that you serve other people regardless of if they can ever give anything back to you. That's right. And sometimes we have the mentality, I'm going to serve because, hey, you scratch my back, or I, I scratch yours. Mm-hmm. And if you have the mentality, I'm going to serve you regardless of, you don't, you're not paying me back. I'm not trying to loan this. I'm giving this to you. I'm mm-hmm. serving. Yeah. And, um, and the Lord's in, in scripture even says, you know, that, um, uh, once again, like you said, well done, and thou good and faithful servant. But he also mentions that uh, in order to be faithful, you have to be a servant. And mm-hmm. so if you're not uh, a true servant, you're not faithful. And mm-hmm. so there's a difference there, you know? And so let me let me transition a little bit because I know uh, for you, it, it comes natural to serve the community. It comes natural to uh, serve God and his congregation. But I think what, what many leaders struggle with, um, and I know that happens to me, is that work-life balance or serving community and then also making sure we don't neglect family. Mm-hmm. And so from the standpoint of being a pastor or being somebody that's just highly engaged in the community all the time, um, do you find that you know, making sure you got that balance for your family is, is still a struggle with you as, as it is with me as well? It's, my wife and I have a partnership. 
Mm-hmm. She lets me go do my community work, and I make sure we have vacations and yeah. <laughs> go on cruises. So, <laughs> right, and, and it works out. She, she, she understands the call of God on my life, and but I don't neglect my kids. I don't neglect my wife. Mm-hmm. I always make time for them, and when we can do stuff yep. together, we do. And the small things are the important things with me. We have family night on Thursday nights where. That's where we talk. We 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 talk about what's going on. We try to right. do some kind of fun activity, mm-hmm. and and we hang out. And so that is how I keep balanced with uh, all the stuff that I I get. I have an amazing wife who mm-hmm. understands and trusts me, and understands that we're we're we're, we're, we're we are servants, mm-hmm. and we and she serves as well. And so we give of ourselves and. God is so good to us. When we yeah. give of ourselves, he gives back so much to us. Mm-hmm. And you just can't beat God giving no matter how hard you try. You're right. That's that's no doubt. You can't even match his giving. That's that, right? right. So, uh, no, I, I just a one takeaway for those that are listening is, is being proactive. Uh, so when it comes to serving others, uh, how you serve your family is obviously putting them first and, and uh, preferring them mm-hmm. over yourself, but taking the time to make sure you're uh, you're not neglecting, um, you know, connecting with them. And, mm-hmm. and that was actually another um, uh, podcast that I did was on connecting and the best ways to connect and how to connect with others. And um, I think that's really good. Um, any other thoughts on, I'm going to transition a little bit, but any other thoughts on serving and what it means to you or any other maybe lessons you can give to people that that maybe struggle in this area of their life of just having the time or feeling like they don't have their mind wrapped around, you know, how do I serve best? You know, anything? I think it's submission to God. Mm-hmm. Submission to his call, what he's placed inside of you. I think that if you, um, you 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 feel a little more fulfilled in life mm-hmm. when you're able to be a blessing to somebody else, when you're able to serve and help somebody else. It really does help you not have to feel like you're you're lonely or depressed or sad. Even at Mother's Day, my mom passed away in 2007. So what I decided instead of being sad about not having my mother here, I serve other women, other mothers, mm-hmm. so that I don't have to feel that that Good. void. And so I believe that as you begin to walk in purpose and serving, you begin to shed those things that normally hinder people yeah. from being who God wanted them to be. Man, it's powerful. I wanna, I want, I wanna live a full life so that when I die, I have no regrets. Man. You know, one thing that I, I I take away from many of the stories that you told today is that you've had loss and you've had negative things like with your sister passing away mm-hmm. or with your mom mm-hmm. and or, you know, just being around uh, the, the family of a young person that may have just been killed. Mm-hmm. Um, each circumstance can be something that can just totally push somebody away from God or push somebody away from a calling. But what you've done is you've allowed that to make you be more focused on serving other people. Mm-hmm. So, man, that is so powerful. If you guys did not get that, you need to understand what Pastor Lee is talking about here. Most people get into the selfish mentality when they go through going through a loss or a, 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 or a struggle where they start to internalize everything and they don't use that to propel them to do greater things. And so each circumstance you've mentioned, and you probably didn't even intend on doing this, but it all has a pattern of what you've done. It propelled you to serve more when you had circumstances that caused you to maybe, uh, you know, have struggles, mm-hmm. you know, and that's a powerful thing. My pain pushed me to my purpose. Right. 
And so I, 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 I look at Job in the Bible mm-hmm. when he lost everything, his animals, his, his houses, and, and, and even his children. Yeah. The Bible says Job fell on his, on his, on his knees and, and began to worship yeah. because he said, should we only accept the good that comes from God? And not the bad, mm-hmm. you know, and so that has been what has kept me mm-hmm. in the midst of some of my worst moments. And then the fact that Job prayed for his friends while he was going through, and that's when God turned his captivity around. Yes, and then all of a sudden, Job got twice as much as what he had before, yeah. and people started coming around and giving to him and bringing gold and yeah. gold earrings, and that's right. he had more daughters that were the most fairest women in 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 in, in the land, and he got to see his grandchildren and great grandchildren. Yeah, and so at the beginning that's of the right. story, you think, "Oh my God, this is the worst day, the worst thing that could ever happen to a person," mm-hmm. and then at the end of the story, you see how just relying on the strength of God. Mm-hmm. And and serving people even while you're hurting, yeah, turn the situation around, man. That's and good. after this, Job lived. That's I love it. that. I yeah. love that. S- serving while you're hurting, isn't yeah. that something, man? Yeah. That is that's powerful. Yeah. All right. Well, I know that we're coming up on our time here, and so, um, man, I appreciate you taking the time. But one of the things I like to ask people when we um, kind of conclude the uh, the podcast is, you know, what what you want to be known for. You know, and, and you know, so if you're int- introduced to somebody new, or or maybe it's the one time you're gonna be able to impact somebody, uh, what, what would be your lasting impression you'd want to have on somebody? I want people to know that I'm genuine. Mm-hmm. You know, and we've grown up in church, and we've seen people who are one way in the pulpit, yeah, and behind <laughs> behind the scenes they're mm-hmm. totally different. I authentically love South Bend. I authentically love people. I authentically love being a servant. And so I want people to know that that Pastor Canively is genuine yes. and authentic. And what you see is what you get. Mm-hmm. And what you get is 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 somebody who wants to represent the kingdom of God at every opportunity. And Pastor Lee, you're doing exactly that. You are representing South Bend well. You're genuine. You have a heart to serve. And uh, I tell you what, man, it's just uh, being being your friend and being around you. I genuinely just, I love you. I appreciate you. And um, it's just an amazing thing to have somebody that's a, like yourself as an example in my life. Um, I'm a, a younger man and I look to you as a great uh, mentor uh, to me and an example to me and, and my my brother and other people that's in our family. And um, I just want to thank you and, and all that you do for uh, and your family and all that your family does for the city of South Bend. And there's many people that may never say that to you. They don't even realize what you do and the commitment you have to serve. And so um, I just appreciate you. I appreciate you guys, man. And the, the the authentic relationships and what we've been able to accomplish working together mm-hmm. and how God is really using us to do something different, yep. but to inspire other people. Yeah. And, and I'm just grateful to have you guys in my life. I appreciate it. And it all starts with serving. So folks, if this is your first time listening to this podcast, um, we appreciate you taking the time to listen. And um, if it is your first time, go ahead and subscribe, uh, share, comment, rate rate the show uh, hopefully you think it's good uh, but i really appreciate everybody taking the time to, to to listen and i appreciate you pastor lee for being on the show and uh, until next time everybody this is jonathan mckinnis again with the purpose and performance podcast and we will talk to you guys later